The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Amen. Amen. Remain standing, take your Bibles and turn. Uh, anywhere because it's all good let's look if we can at Matthew chapter 15 which we looked at on Sunday night then we'll go to a a new passage but I felt inspired of the Holy Spirit to just revisit this text for a moment boy did we have church Sunday night And I have no doubt he's going to come and mess us up with truth tonight. Matthew chapter 15. And again, greetings to all of our online congregation. Matthew 15, verse 21. Through 28. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. It's not very nice when somebody doesn't answer you, is it? Well, Pastor Jesus here didn't say one word to her. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 25. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Wow. Somebody say, wow. Wow. So he doesn't answer her first. Now he's called her a dog. Verse 27. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs from which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the privilege we have today to break open your word freely, unashamed, unabashed. I'm thankful we don't have to hide in the preaching and the teaching of your word tonight. We do pray for the suffering, persecuted church even around the world. And pray, God, that you would raise up and do something wonderful here tonight with the fruit thereof is far-reaching even to eternity. God, and we thank you for what you're going to do in the holy name of Jesus. You may be seated. Just a review of Sunday night's message, and then we'll move to what I feel to be the word of the Lord on this Thanksgiving Eve. Heard of Christmas Eve, I guess it would be Thanksgiving Eve because tomorrow's Thanksgiving. 
And uh, sure, I'm looking forward to it. How many of you love the Thanksgiving holiday? I so enjoy things. It's exclusive, really, to the United States of America based upon the founding of our country hundreds of years ago. This story is told twice. The other place it's told is in Mark 7, starting in verse 24. The context of what's being uh, spoken about here and what's happened is a context of clean and unclean and there's these religious leaders who see themselves as clean but in fact they're unclean and here comes this this woman a Syrophoenician a Canaanite and they were considered dogs in fact Jesus called her a little dog not just a dog he called her a little one a little dog and Jesus is seeking privacy, yet she comes and pulls on the anointing. She what? She pulls on the anointing. Now, I am mindful that we use Christianese sometimes in church, so some folks don't understand one thing we're saying, you know. I'm just gleaning today. Hallelujah. What is that supposed to mean? You know, hallelujah, praise the Lord. You know, I'm, I'm all for saying hallelujah, and it's the same in every language. Praise the Lord. I think we should say that. But I think that we can get some Christianese going. You know, you heard of Chinese, Japanese, Christianese. It's, it's speaking a language exclusive to those who've been in the church, and we have a tendency to communicate like that even to the world, and it can be a little strange. What do you mean, Pastor, when you say she pulled on the anointing? You see, Jesus doesn't touch us just because we want him to. He certainly isn't obligated to do anything for you tonight. Let me run that through again as I sort of feel that religious clash. he's, He's not obligated to do anything for you. He spoke in parables for this very simple reason, to hide truth from casual observers He ministers to and touches people in direct proportion to the hunger, the hunger that they have. I've seen people in services, it's not just like when Jesus died on a cross. One believed him and went unto paradise and the other one didn't and went straight to the pit. The same as happens in services where I've seen God touch people and do a miracle for one person, one family, one marriage or one child. And somebody else was texting somebody and totally didn't catch any of it. This, this lady, this Syrophoenician, the one who's called a little dog just after she's ignored by Jesus, comes in and worships him, says, son of David. She acknowledges that he's the Messiah, which is a significant thing to say. Blind Bartimaeus, and I'm not sure why we call him blind, because he ended up seeing, we should call him seeing Bartimaeus, but blind Bartimaeus, as we say, says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he kept crying out, and they tried to shut him up. Actually, people came and said, be quiet. And that is religion and tradition that'll tell you to be quiet. Sit down. Hey, you're worshiping too much. Can you go to the back? (laughs) It never happened to you? <laughs> it happened to me. Jesus is there. She bursts in and she comes and she she's so desperate. She's so desperate for her daughter to receive a touch from God that she doesn't care what happens. 
She's going to get her miracles. She's coming after the Messiah. She heard about him. She heard that Jesus is there. And she's going to get her miracle. It reminds me of Jarius. You remember him? The woman with the issue of blood. Actually, Jarius talks to the ruler from the synagogue, talks to Jesus and says, you know, my daughter's dying. Would you please come? I say daughter or servant. I think it's daughter. Thank you for all you Bible scholars out there. My daughter's dying and, and convinces Jesus to come. And while they're on the way to, to raise her from the dead or to do the miracle, let's say, she hasn't died yet. This woman with an issue of blood for 12 years, saw doctors, spent all that she had, presses through the crowd, really at, at the risk of being killed because she was unclean. So she doesn't care. She touches the hem of his garment. Power goes out of him. He stops and talks to her. Can you imagine Jarius? She, his miracles interrupted by this woman. Hey, 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 come on. Can you hurry up? Jesus, come on. Give me a break. Come on. My daughter's dying. Anybody ever try to go somewhere and then all of a sudden somebody inter interrupts you or interrupts your spouse or interrupts your boss and then you're just about ready to get a breakthrough or something's about to happen that's great and all of a sudden hindered? A divine interruption. A servant comes to Jarius. You got to know who he was. He was, a ruler. he was a ruler in the synagogue. He lost his job the following day. What do you mean? A ruler in the synagogue is not supposed to go to talk to Jesus. They weren't excited about him. They didn't think him to be the Messiah. They wanted to kill him. So he left his powerless, pharisaical religion to find Jesus to have a miracle. And he really didn't give a fig, F-I-G, about what anybody said about him. He didn't care if he lost his job because his girl, his baby girl, was at stake. When somebody messes with your kid, you know what I'm talking about? Don't ever mess with my kids. I have to be very unpastoral about it. We try to be gracious. I have at times taken off my pastoral hat, as it were. And said, I just want to let you know that I'm a father and I'm a pastor. So I'm going to talk to you like a pastor. Then I'm going to talk to you like a father. So here's the pastor part. And I counsel him, help him. Great. Now I'm going to talk to you like a father. So you so much as send smoke signals. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And all the father said. This little, this, this little girl's father, Jari, Jarius, Jarius, however you pronounce it, he needed a miracle. He didn't care whether anybody in the, in the temple cared. It was, he didn't care if he was going to get in trouble. He didn't care what the high priest was going to say. He didn't care because he needed a miracle. He came, he pressed in, he pulled on the truth of who Jesus was. The same thing with the woman of issue, with the issue of blood that interrupted his miracle. And the same is true with this Canaanite Syrophoenician woman right here. So what are, you, what are you saying? In application, miracles can be released tonight. Breakthroughs can be released tonight. Really, anything is possible. That's right. If you put a demand and a hunger, a desperation on the Lord and his power, his, his anointing. His, the anointing means his enablement, his, his empowerment. It's a fascinating thing that this, uh, what Jesus says to her, 
It's in both Mark as well as Matthew 15, which we read. He said, I was not sent to the lost, except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 20, but he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread. Now, I want you to turn, as we did on Sunday night, to Exodus 15. Everybody say children's bread. The fact that he said children's bread is, is covenant language. To as many as believed in him, he gave them the right to become children of God. It's children's bread. And he's calling the house of Israel children, and he says, you're not of the house of Israel. In other words, you're not a child, you're a little dog. So it's not for you. Look with me, if you will. Exodus. Oh, I love this passage of scripture. Exodus 15. Talking about covenant and healing. So in Exodus 15, verse 22, I'll set it up and then we'll read the text. They've just come out of the house of bondage. I mean, God's done this amazing miracle and set them free from Egypt. They're three days in the, in the wilderness, three days in the desert. They have no food, no water. Anybody ever gone on a three, three day absolute fat? They have no water. So they, they, they see some water. Look at verse 22. So Moses brought Israel. Y'all there? There it is. It's right on the screen. If you don't have a Bible or an app that shows that to you on your smartphone or your tablet. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. They went into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Merah, they could not drink because of the waters of Merah, for they were bitter. Therefore, his name is called Merah. So let's just talk about that for a second. If you're looking for water and you're, you see in the distance... Oh, water. Hey, dude, 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 that's, that, is that a lake? That's a lake. Hey, ha, look, at, look what the Lord has done, yeah. I mean, I think they were freaking out, extremely excited about the fact that, yeah, I knew he was going to provide water. I knew he was going to give me water. Then when they get there, they find out that the water's poison. Uh, sad face, right? Big letdown. Big disappointment. Verse 24, and all the people complained against Moses. Poor Moses, man, that guy took, man, he just took it. What should we drink? So Moses cried out to the Lord to cry out to the Lord as prayer. And the Lord showed him a tree. Fascinating. He showed him a what? He showed him a tree. Now the NIV says showed him a piece of wood. But in the real lang in the language, original language of Hebrew, it's, it's a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the water were made sweet. So what's amazing to me is God had done a, pre, a, 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 a preemptive miracle. So the Lord, how many of you know the Lord knew there was bitter water there? Okay. How many of you know the Lord allowed for the tree to grow? And how many of you know he wouldn't have seen the tree or heard the Lord tell him about the tree unless he cried out and prayed? See, many don't have miracles because they don't pray. Many, many don't have the release of God's power because they don't cry out. Maybe they're not desperate. I don't know. Maybe they didn't pull on the anointing. 
Some of you are tolerating what Jesus wants to set you free from. Some of, you are, some of you have swallowed an ugly religious pill that says that you, you just, just, just hang on. Just keep keeping on. Just, just, just don't quit. One day he's going to save you in the big by and by. You know, the whole waving of the, the handkerchiefs and stuff. Uh, sometimes I have a handkerchief. Is that like a flag of surrender? Here we go. Some of you are like ready to quit. Can't wait till he comes back. I mean, I'm looking forward to his return too. Frankly, I want to lay something before his feet. I feel like a a teenager. I just got started. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I I want to see a massive revival before that happens. I want to see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands of people saved. I want to see our nation turn back to God. I want to see a prayer movement that just doesn't end. I want to see kids crying out. Oh, hospitals emptied. I long to see that. Does anybody else long to see that? I long to see that. So yeah, you know, come Maranatha, Lord Jesus. I, I hope he, I, I want, he's going to come. I just want to do something before that. <laughs> Moses cried out. We'll call him Mo. Mo cried out and God showed him a tree. Some of y'all never cry out. Don't have a habit of crying out. Some of you have been lied to by the enemy. That what you have in your life is God's sovereignty, so you should just swallow it. The lie of God's sovereignty and that you're just supposed to tolerate the beatings that the enemy gives you is, is straight from the pit of H-E double hockey stick. Straight from the pit of hell. You do not have to tolerate sickness and disease. You contend for healing. By the way, our brother George, who's had cancer... I mean, he was, you know, he was bleeding out of him. It was the, 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 the treatments that were killing him, really. And he was bleeding and they couldn't stop it. How many of you know if you start bleeding and you can't stop it, that's not good? I mean, they were putting quarts of blood in him. He was three quarts low. They just kept putting it in. And he kept leaking. They sent him off to Arizona to the Cancer, uh, Cancer Institutes of America, I think is what it's called. And he's been treated now. I, don't, I haven't heard it from their mouth, but I saw a thing on Facebook. I know they've sent him home. And I guess I'm to understand he's in remission. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Two weeks ago, he was dying. We had intercessors, people praying, laying hands on him. People went to the hospital. There are people that just get whooped up on by the enemy because they think that, 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 that God's given them some disease to teach them humility or some stupid thing like that. Listen, if you think that way, you should take your right hand with exceeding force and just hit yourself upside the head. Now, I'm, I'm t- don't hit yourself. Don't tolerate. Say it with me. Don't tolerate, don't tolerate. what Jesus came to set you free from. You say, what if I didn't get my miracle yet? Well, then you're just not done resisting yet. That's all. So how come not everybody gets healed? I don't know. Everybody gets healed once they get to heaven. We know that. Well, I don't know about that. Well, come on, be a believer. I mean, we see miracles like George. Sometimes people die. I, you know, we just believe father knows best. You remember that show? Yeah. 
God knows best. I don't know. We just contend. We pray. One thing's for sure. There ain't anybody up on a gurney on a drip up on heaven. You're not you're on intravenous in heaven. His paving company's gold. What his gate? His gate is one big pearl. His, the gate, one pearl, one. The pearl necklace that you might have around your neck tonight, beautiful. He has one pearl that makes the gate. Back to Mo. He cries out to the Lord. The Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. By the way, it's also a type and a shadow of the cross. When you take that finished work of what Jesus did on the cross and you put it into the bitter place of your life, he will take out the bitterness. He'll take out the heart of stone. He'll put in the heart of flesh and he will heal you and he'll give you joy and he will help you. He will strengthen you. He will set you free. Can somebody say amen? And then he goes on and the Lord says here in Genesis chapter 15, there he made a statute. And an ordinance for them. And there he tested them. And he said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God. He, he really gives a prescription. He, he, he's, he writes a script. Has anybody ever here gone to the pharmacy, had your doctor call in some medication? Okay, all three of you. Praise God. Somehow, somehow I think that's probably... A little on the low side. Raise your hand if you ever got. Okay. Praise God for doctors. Praise God for modern medicine. <laughs> your heavenly father writes a script right here. And he says, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God. By the way, that's present tense. That means God will speak to you right now. He'll speak to you tomorrow. My sheep know and hear my voice. If you heed, if you hear his voice, if you listen, if you hearken, if you listen to his voice. And do what is right in his sight. Number two, you do what is right in his sight. Not your sight, you do what is right in his sight. I mean, you know, he's got, a, he, he's got the right way. Man has a way that thinks he's right. And give ear to his commandments. That means obeying his word, his written word, the word. Come on, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments, right? That's, God has a way of loving him. It's on his terms. It's the way that he says to love him. Not maybe the way that someone taught you. There's truth. There's absolute truth. We believe that. You're holding it in your hand. You're seeing it on the screen. The truth of the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain forever. Can you say amen? Give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases of which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you see if you if you obey the first part it's a picture of it's a there's covenant language here and when jesus speaks to the woman the canaanite he calls her a dog he says i can't give the children's bread it's not for you you're not a child you're not part of the covenant although later amen we'd be grafted in somebody all the gentiles said hallelujah Later you'd be grafted in. It's covenant. There, are, there is really a promise for you as a child of God is healing. 
It is a covenant promise for you. Great, I think there's three or four people that are excited. It's a covenant promise for you. So when you're sick or when you're fighting some illness or disease, you can say, God, I need some children's bread. Lord, hook me up. I've been adopted. I've been grafted in and greater is he that's in me. Come on. None of the diseases will he will send upon us for I am the Lord your God that healeth thee King James it's it means he 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 healed you before but he's a continual healer he's a now healer Jehovah Shammah he's present right now to heal you right now and if you miss that he's still here to heal you right now The Syrophoenician overcame some challenges and problems, obstacles that she had. She was persistent. She didn't go away. Some of you quit right before your miracle. She passed a test of faith. And God doesn't test us to cause us to fail. He he allows for things to happen so that you can be promoted. In the same way that you might be in the wilderness tonight, you're not in the wilderness tonight so you can get whooped up on by the devil. You've been led out into the wilderness like Jesus, who used the word of God to exercise his authority. You might be in the wilderness tonight, but you're in the wilderness so that you can utilize the word of God and stand as an ambassador of Christ and exercise your authority over the ugly one. Can you say amen? amen. So when you come out, who is, who is this leaning on her beloved, as it says in the Song of Solomon? Who is this coming out of the wilderness leaning on her beloved? You know, men of God, women of God are not made in some, with pablum. You know, not made by, by not a, no lack of obstacles or just, you know, the silver spoon in your mouth. Men and women of God are made in the fire. There is no other way to make a man of faith, no other way to make a woman of faith, except to put them in the fire. And when the fourth man shows up, well, hallelujah, you'll come out and you won't be smelling like smoke. And you say amen. Some of you, some of you say, oh, God, make me a man of faith. Make me a woman of faith. You really want God to make you a person of faith. And then fire comes and you're like, ah, God, do you even love me, God? And he's like, man, stand up and, and command that thing to be broken. Stand up and decree a thing so it's established. Stand up and exercise your authority. And people hide under their covers for the fire is on them. Come on to the obstacle, the problem that you face is a springboard to move you forward in the plan of God. It's not something to defeat you. It's not something to push you down in some, some cave to pigeonhole you so you end up waving the white flag of surrender that Jesus would come back. you got to stand up and you're God-given, blood-bought right for more. you got to stand up as a child of God and begin to decree, declare, proclaim, I am healed. In G- he is the Lord my God that healeth me. Wait a second. As I, have I healed? his commands have I have I obeyed have I done oh no I didn't I messed up Lord forgive me thank you Jesus Lord heal me now do you have to get excited about it yes it's exciting it's exciting she didn't get offended she passed the test some of you get offended you didn't get your miracle on the first five altar calls that you answered that's it. I quit. <laughs> I've been offended. Offense is one of the tools of the strategies of hell, one of the strategies of the enemy. If he can get you offended, then you'll be suspended and you'll never move into the plan of God. 
And I've found oftentimes that God will allow for the offense of your mind to reveal your heart. Amen. <laughs> I've offended some of you already. We have a little saying here at KC. If you haven't been offended yet, you soon will be. Because it's all part of our training. It's Come on, we're supposed to live above offense. She passed a test of her pastor not even answering her. The Lord didn't even answer her. He answered her not a word. He passed, she passed the test of, of the Lord calling her a dog. Called her a dog. She's like, you can call me whatever you want. Can you heal my daughter? You just, I don't really care what you call me. Can you, would you? I have, you know, whatever. You know, it's, it's all good. Whatever. Just, can you heal my... I, I'm really not going to go away. Dog, yeah, even dogs from the master's table. Just, just a crumb. I know it's just a crumb. Would you please heal my daughter? She's unoffended. Don't ever get offended. Amen. I, I've, had, I've had folks over the years, and not recently, but I've had folks over the years who said, you know what, I'm not coming back to church. And I said, well, why not? That sister bucket mouth, she just, I'm not, no, I'm not. Talk to the hand, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going back to that bucket mouth. <laughs> you know, I mean, and it's usually right before they get a great breakthrough. I call it Ziklag before Zion. Right before your, right before David's crowned king, bam, his whole house is burned, his family's taken, and he's left there with his BVDs. He's got nothing. Except he had the linen ephod and he had God. He called on God, God showed him, and God restored. Pursue, overtake, recover everything. Can you imagine if he just walked away? Lord, I guess you just don't love me. And he just walked back to the Philistines and quit. There was assassination attempt against David because I think the, and you can look at that, you can look at the assassination attempts, David, it was an attempt to wipe out the lineage through which would come the Messiah. But the devil lost again because David encouraged himself in the Lord. Don't, don't get offended. Hurt people, hurt people. People do things that rub you the wrong way. Well, just turn the other cheek. Confront and love. It wasn't people that saved you. Don't ever let them drive you out of the house. She knew that Jesus had power. She knew that God was good. And she saw healing as a wonderful gift of God's mercy. On this Thanksgiving Eve... We're talking about healing. I want you to turn now to Luke 17. And we'll begin to wrap this up. Maybe. <laughs> Luke 17. And uh, verse 11. Blessed be God. Blessed be his holy name. Luke 11, uh, pardon me, Luke 17, verse 11. As soon as you're there, say, woo, hey, that was good. All right, let's read this. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. There was at a certain village there he met. 
Ten men. How many? Ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was as they went. Everybody say, as they went. As they went. Now this is progressive healing taking place. It's not instantaneous. You'll see instantaneous healing. This is not an instantaneous miracle. This is as they went. Some of you, some of you need to, some of you need to get going. And if you don't ever get going, signs and wonders don't follow people that don't go. These signs will follow. How are you supposed to follow something that's not moving? Okay, you might get that on the way home. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Gotta love that. Verse 17. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Hmm. Now, this is fascinating. The word there for cleanse in the Strong's is G2513 for all of you scholars. It means to be cleansed. It means to be purified. It, it, in other words, their disease as they went is no more. Can you pull up the NIV on verse 19 for me, my precious media brother? He said, arise and go. Your faith has made you well. I thought the NIV captured it, but it doesn't. There's another version that says the faith has made you whole. All right, let's do the King James. Somebody said, if you're not preaching the King James, it's just ain't the Lord. Well, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I don't agree with that. I, I don't. Praise God. Can you find the King James? You got it? No King James. I know who has a King James. Brother, let me see your Bible. I know you got it. I know you do. I can go over to Brother Scott, too. Bunch of King Jamesers. Hallelujah. Where am I? All right. Hey, there it is. <laughs> Arise, verse 19. Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And that is really a better translation. Because the word there is sozo. The word before that, for the nine that went, that were cleansed. What is it, G2513? Is that what I said? Hold on. Yes, G2513. Cartizo. It's to cleanse, to make clean, to purge, to purify. So as all ten are, they're like, Jesus, have mercy. And so, here, here we go. Jesus, have mercy. Have mercy on me, a leper. And Jesus says, go your way. You've been cleansed. So all ten are going their way, and the nine, as they go, they're healed. 
So they're cleansed. All of a sudden, he's looking at his white skin. He realizes the leprosy is gone. I'm cleansed. Our cartotizo, right? I'm, I'm cleansed. G 2513. I've been cleansed. So, I mean, it's just like, oh, yeah, come, come on, Jesus. Ha, ha, hallelujah. And he, instead of go to the priest, he says, I got to go back and say thank you. Come on, somebody say thank you. He goes back. He falls at the feet of Jesus. He worships him with a loud voice. Some of you can't stand loud. You will hate heaven. I'm telling you right now, you will hate it. It is loud in heaven. With a loud voice, it glorifies God. And Jesus says, man, where's everybody else? He's like, I don't know, man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And he says, go your way. Your faith has made you, King James, whole. So you know what happened? He didn't just get cleansed. His thanksgiving released the power of God to be made whole, sozo. And I will tell you what that means. It means nothing broken, nothing missing. So really what happened to him as he went on his way, he was cleansed. The leprosy was gone. He turned back with a loud voice and he thanked God. And in the thanking of God, he says, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. You know what that means? That's what that means. That means that everything was missing, everything that was broken. He didn't just get cleansed. He got made whole. His fingers came back. I think his toes came back. Maybe his leg grew back. He had some kind of major miracle out of thanksgiving was the release of, of the supernatural. And we have to get that. We, have, we just forget about giving thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks to God. It'll release the healing power of the Lord. Let me close. One of the most explosive times of Thanksgiving I have ever seen happened when I was about nine years old. It was winter and we lived in Long Island, uh, New York, for those of you know where that is. Actually in a place called Old Field to be specific. And Old Field was this very wealthy community in these huge estates from the 1920s. I mean, huge. It mean, like, you know, Great Gatsby, huge, huge. And there was this one estate called the Lions Estate. And it was up on a bluff of a, of a cliff and it overlooked the Long Island Sound. Some of you know where that is. And it had a set of stairs that went from the top of the cliff, the Lions Estate, a set of concrete stairs that went all the way down to the beach. And we went there inspired by my older brother to sled down the stairs. Now, let me describe it to you so you understand clearly. It would take a set of stairs and there would be a platform, a set of stairs and be a platform, a set of stairs and be a platform. At the platforms, there were seats. Just kind of like an alcove was carved out so you could sit down. In other words, when you're climbing up, it was so long, so high, so many stairs that you'd sit down, catch your breath, and then do the next set. We're talking a massive cliff, significant set of concrete stairs. Walls was all walled in on either side and stairs going down the middle. So my brother says, come on, Danny, get on my back. 
And we had a flexible flyer. Anybody remember that? And we, we had those runners wax. Come on, anybody remember your flexible flyer? I'm giving away my age a little bit, but that's all right. We had that, we had that sled ready to go. And the plan was to ride the sled across the tops of the stairs, if you, if you know what I'm talking about. And we knew we'd go just fast. So we get to, get to get going, and my middle brother Chris starts crying. He says, don't do it. You're going to die. You're going to die. And my brother's like, we're not going to die. He's like, we're, gonna, we're not going to die, Danny. My brother's five years older than me. I'm like, we're going to die? What? He says, no, no, we're not going to. It's going to be awesome. He says, be quiet. Says, You're going to die. Don't do it. I want to tell Dad. Tell Mom. I mean, he's just totally bawling. So we blow him off. How many of you know it was probably the Lord touching him for a moment as a prophet? He was prophesying. I got on my brother's back and we pushed off the top of that, those stairs. The first set was exciting. When we hit the platform, we got a little bit of air. It was totally cool. We hit another platform, got a little bit of higher air. And then I realized, oh my God. Because we have like a thousand more feet plus to go at least. So it's... I mean, we were slamming on... I mean, it was a, it was a luge. We made our own luge. Now, something we didn't think about was at the bottom, the stairs just ended into sand, frozen sand. It didn't slope off, you know what I mean? When we hit the bottom of those stairs, it was an explosion of flexible flyer, wood, metal, teeth, blood, all kinds of stuff. It was ugly, ugly, ugly. All I just saw puffs of white and, you know. The next thing I know, I, I come to... I didn't, I didn't get knocked out, but I'm, 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 I'm rattled for sure. I come to, I'm looking around, and there's my brother. And my brother is doing this. And I see blood and stuff. And he is in a sheer panic. That goes on probably, I don't know, you know, it's hard to tell time. I'm nine years old. It's a long time ago. And then he goes, he thought he bit off his tongue he didn't stop thanking God he just couldn't stop thanking him he just went on and on we weren't even believers he's worshipping you know what I'm talking about when you almost bite off your tongue you might get to the <laughs> some of you might be, need to bite your tongue when you thank God, come on, I just told that story because I like telling it on Thanksgiving. When you thank the Lord, <laughs> it releases the power of God. Stand up on your feet all across the place. <laughs> come on. Come on, lift your hands and lift your voice. Where would you be without Jesus? Where would you be without the Lord? Come on, just thank him right loud. Right out loud. Hallelujah. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for setting me free. You are wonderful. There's no one like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, lead us in a song of something. <laughs> lead us in worship.
Is that, is that my clue to make up my own worship song? All right, here we go. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you. Come on, say thank you. Come on. including my worship leader, sing, sing. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. Lift your voice and thank him. Thank you, Jesus. broken I was blind and he healed me (laughs) come on put your hands together for God won't you now Lord right now in this atmosphere of thanksgiving release healing diseases go depression go addiction we command you to go be healed Be free. I am the Lord your God that healeth thee. Healing is the children's bread. And in light of that, let's remedy that. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, well, he made you for sure because while you were in your mother's womb, he knit you together. But if you've never repented of your sin, you're separated from God. You might say that you're a child of God, but true it, truth is, if you've not believed on him, called on him, you are not. You're what the scriptures call a son of perdition. You're separated. You're a son of disobedience. Don't do it. Give your life to Jesus tonight. Give your life to the Lord. Don't play religious games. Give your heart to Jesus. Repent of your sin. Turn. Ask him to forgive you. Believe that he died on a cross and rose again from the grave for you. On the third day, he ascended, rose again from the grave on the third day, and then he ascended to heaven. He sent his Holy Spirit so that you could live for him, so that you could be a witness for him, so that you could resist the devil. All across this place, every head bowed, those online, intercessors praying. If that's you, you want to get right with God for the very first time, or you want to make a recommitment tonight because you know you've drifted. You're not as close to the Lord maybe as you used to be, and the truth is he didn't move. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he didn't move, guess what? You did. So you just come back to him. You repent. You ask him to forgive you. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, you want to make a recommitment to him. On the count of three, would you slip your hand up all across this place? One, two, three. Do it right now. Lift your hand. Where are you? God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Anybody else? Raise your hand high. Let me see your hand. You want to be included in this prayer. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. Perhaps online. Come on, pray this right out loud with me. Repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Make me new. 
Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Now say this. Say, I'm born again. My sin is thrown as far as the east is from the west. I'm a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. I'm saved. Now in the same way, you don't have to say this part. In the same way that you just by faith ask him to wipe out your sin is the same way you get healed. It's the same way. Healing was purchased at the atonement. By his stripes, we are healed. Healing is the children's bread. To as many as believed in him, he gave them the right to become children of God. If you need healing right now, I want to pray for you. Just step out from where you are. Service is almost over. Just a moment longer. Step out from where you are. You need a miracle. You need healing. You need God to touch you tonight. Just come. Just come. your power right now sickness infirmity disease command you to go those even with broken heart Lord healing of people's emotions right now in the name of Jesus Lord release your power
release a wave of healing to those online right now. There's no distance in the spirit. Lord, heal your people. Children's bread for each and every one. And we thank you. Lord, forgive us for where we've not been thankful. Forgive us, God, for where we've taken things for granted. Tonight, Lord, we're thankful. We're grateful. And we bless your name. We thank you that the good work that you've begun, you will complete into the day of Christ Jesus. Lord, we'll not be offended, we'll not be dissuaded, we'll not be cut off from your love. We live in fear. For we are confident that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Sickness or disease, no angel, no demon, nothing. We are firmly planted, even carved in the very palm of your hand. Your hand spans the universe. Thank you that we are the object of your love. You saved us, that you healed us. Even progressively, I pray, even as people go home and tomorrow, as they go on their way, you'd heal those. We thank you that some are waiting, even tarrying. Their healing perhaps delayed, but being delayed does not mean we're denied. And so, Lord, we say thank you. Come on, say thank you to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for our nation. Thank you for our families. Thank you for our church. Thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for our children or grandchildren, as the case may be. Thank you for divine health. Thank you for the promises of God that are yes and amen, not an ambiguous blend of maybe. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Come on, say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, say it again with all your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, would you say it again? Thank you, Jesus. Put your hands together for God. Amen. Let me bless you, and our service will be concluded. Father, thank you again for what you've done. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. Give them peace as we celebrate and give thanks even tomorrow for this great nation, the United States of America, one nation under God. Intervene in Ferguson tonight. Intervene, God, in the White House. Intervene, Lord, in our nation. Bring a mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God, even unto the fullness of the Gentiles all across the world, that the glory of their Lord would cover the earth, even as the waters cover the sea, and for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray these things in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you over the weekend. Praise the Lord. Don't forget, one week from tonight, Dr. Morocco, five o'clock, dedication on the property, and then preaching here. Praise the Lord. Bless you. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska, and Pastor Daniel Bracken. 
Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival. 